0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 692 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On today's show, we will be joined by a couple of long-term friends and contributors to the show. First, Patty Mayer will discuss focus training versus clinicking. After that, Lauren Spicer will join us to give us tips on beating the fall-winter doldrums. To finish the show, Jane Hannigan will come on with a trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Koffler stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Well, hi,
3: Phil. How are you this week?
1: Hey, Reese. Um, well, I I think I I kind of messed up last week with the uh, with the dates and the and the years and whatever. And <laughs> and our our listeners are really good and they jumped yes. all over it. And and not only <laughs> did I mess it up in the it's kind of a typo in in how I do the show notes, but also like I think I said. The wrong year <laughs> um you I know by the end it. of the night I, mean, I just don't even know what year it is or what it's true that's completely my fault and and then our you know our editors were having to scramble and and yeah that, that, that's that's
2: we agree our editors you guys don't know our editors but they're amazing and they took care of things so it was great we apologize the tests are coming out in 2023 you guys grabbed it um i didn't even notice it even so uh, we were really, really thankful for that. So thank you guys. Uh, that's been fixed. And so again, the test come out twenty twenty three. That is the next year. I mean, truly, if you were to ask me the date, and I I know it's Thursday just because we're on uh, we're recording, I couldn't tell you the date though. <laughs> so uh, late October.
1: Or- yeah. late
2: October. Exactly. I know I have exactly two weeks till we head to nationals. So, uh, I'm like big Mike, we gotta, we gotta get working. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of my frame of reference at this point. So, uh, yeah, well, other than a little bit of a mistake, which we don't do very often. So just keeping you guys on, on your toes. How are, uh, how was this week? How are the horses?
1: Every, everything yeah I mean it's going going pretty good yeah not, not not much crazy going on you know this is kind of what we talked with uh, Lawrence Spiser on today what? um you know like what what do you what do you do or how do you feel when there's a uh, some downtime you're still training but it's it's kind of you know nothing exciting coming up so that that's pretty much all winter for for me now and yeah and- <laughs> Well, it's hard, uh, right? She's going to help us talk about it and give us some tips about it. And uh, just, it's all a matter of perspective, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, we're lucky because we can have a little break around the holidays because the horses are going to head to Florida and they're going to work hard for three months. But, you know, I do. I love it. I love the balance. Um, I've got a little, uh, I got a little party tomorrow, Phil. I'm super excited uh, (laughs) because I don't, I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but I have bought myself a travel trailer. I'm entering the world of RVing. So if any listener has tips for me, I'm excited. I'm going to be living in my RV this winter in Florida. We will see if (laughs) we'll check back again in April if we're going to sell this baby. But uh, I had an opportunity uh, where where I'm going to be staying. There's an RV hookup and um, it's a different farm than I've been in in Florida. And rent is incredibly expensive. So I thought I would buy an RV and see how we do. So I'm excited about it. We'll see. We'll, we'll, (laughs) we'll let you know at the end of this, uh, how the RVing is going, but tomorrow we're going to do an RV party, which I'm really looking forward to.
1: Okay. All right. And you're just going to, just going to christen it somehow. Yeah.
2: We're going to have a girl's night. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to test all the buttons. I'm going to find out where the lights are. I'm going to open the awning. It has lights fill up. They change colors. Um, (laughs) I'm going to turn the fireplace on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, real It'll be fun. situation.
2: Yeah, we're gonna, gonna have a crank, party. Crank
1: the stereo way up. Yes,
2: I have no idea how to do that. I'll. I gotta find out. We're gonna figure it out there are- a few RVers in, in, in the group. So I'm hoping they can, they can help. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have a, a really good, really good time, you know, here in, at the barn at the stable. Um, it's, it's hooked up and, and so it should be fun. So, um, I think you and I, we do try to, to do some fun things in life. And, uh, so we're going to have a little party and, and a little she shed party with my, with my, uh, uh, my husband, uh, is out of town. So we're doing a she shed girls night. Oh, so okay, it okay. should be, this is what could girls, possibly right? go wrong? Yeah, what yeah. could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so that'll be <laughs> fun. But yeah, we're uh, we also have a clinic this weekend. It's a it's a big weekend for me. Uh, my coach is coming in. This is his monthly check in. Uh, I have actually been doing some virtuals with Scott uh, Scott Hassler, who's been my coach for a long time. Which was good after after regionals. We felt like Mike could could do a little better. So uh, Scott and I got together. We had a plan. And that will also go a little bit on our conversation today. Um, you know, we felt like there were definitely some things we needed to adjust after the regionals. Uh, so we've been working hard on that. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to kind of see my progress. We'll probably run through the tests. Uh, again, my, my horse now is is fairly trained to the I-1. So he knows he knows what's going on. So that'll be good. And we have to play with the freestyle. and need to ride that. You know, just just starting to get a little bit more serious because nationals are in two weeks. So, <laughs> onward we go. So it'll be fun.
1: All right. Well, otherwise we have a, a great show for you this week. Um, we do. Patty Mayer is going to come up after this commercial break, and then later on, Lawrence Spreitzel will come on. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement.
1: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, tonight, back by popular demand, we have one of our favorite guests, international rider and trainer Patty Mayer, on the line. Patty, welcome back.
3: Thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be back. It's been it's been too long. We need to do this all the time.
2: I know. Well, we were talking about it because you and I talk all the time. Because from Kentucky to California, we're workout buddies. So That's we try true. to we are to, we're we're trying to keep each other on track from across the country. Exactly. So that just means we chat a lot, which is awesome. So we were chatting and we were talking about tonight's topic, which I think is really an important topic and something I don't know if we've covered before, but it's regular training with a trainer, the same person versus doing clinics. So we wanted to discuss that. So I'll let you get started. Okay. So I'm
3: going to, I'm going to start with like, of course, some personal anecdotes, first of all, because of course it's all about me, but second of all, because I think (laughs) You know, when you're talking about people, you might as well talk about yourself because you have permission to do that. So there you go. Here's here's my experience. I'm just going to give you a little bit about my background. Um, I grew up riding at a place called Foxfield in Westlake Village, which is a hunter jumper bar. And I was, I mean, I rode three days a week all the way through kind of college. Um, I wasn't, I mean, there was one year I rode every day, but mainly I was kind of a three day a week rider. But always in lessons. I mean, I rode horses out in the field as well, but mainly in lessons. So I rode under under instruction from the time I was nine until I was twenty something. And so that's really, you know, I I felt super strongly that that was the way I learned really well. I kept on track. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't fall off the edge in terms of how I was riding. And it was an ex- was and I think still is an extremely good program. Mainly hunter jumpers, but a little dressage as well. In fact. Back in ancient history, Hilda used to come out and teach dressage lessons out there. Um, and this was, you know, a long time ago, like the 60s and 70s, like a long time ago,
4: early <laughs> <Or> 80s.
3: <laughs> so, and then when I started owning horses, I would be typically keep them kind of in a friend's backyard or a friend's little kind of facility and then go over and ride with whomever, once a week, so whether it was Hilda or whether it was someone else for once a week, and or maybe twice a week, but again, right on my own quite a bit, but I'm going to tell you the times that I have improved most were when I was not doing that, but was in super intense programs with a trainer, so when my old international horse exact and I were trying to get from, you know, St. George to Grand Prix, we were with Hilda for, I'm sure, a couple of years, and, you know, taking lessons five days a week and really focusing on her methodology to get from A to B um, or PSG to GP, as you'd like. It, you know, And mm-hmm. it didn't take long. And we got there from this kind of work where I gave myself over to a trainer. The other time that I have improved most is when we were at Conrad's together. Yes. Oh, the, one of the other times when when we were at Conrad's together for whatever it was, three, four months. And we were just I mean, si- you know, sitting and watching and learning and taking lessons. And it was, again, mm-hmm. under instruction, under supervision. And in that in in the in the, my case, it was to get to to get from a, you know, a good Grand Prix where I went and did CDIs kind of around the world, but not like a great Grand Prix to try to get it to be a a great Grand Prix. I'm not sure if we ever got there, but I would say we improved a lot. Similarly, when I was at Kira Kirkland's for a year and a half, just in her program, I really learned in a super intense way. Those are my experiences in full training. My experiences with clinicians is, I would say, more extensive. And I... So, I mean, we, as, as Reese knows, we... have kind of a clinic series here. So we try to have clinicians in fairly regularly, you know, at least like six a year. Um, And there are some people who bless them, come back and back every, you know, couple of months. So Stefan Peters, you know, thank God for Stefan, you know, shows up every, every couple of months or every six weeks when he's in, you know, when he's in the United States, because it's a fairly easy drive for him and helps six of us kind of not fall off the deep end. Um, and Beth Baumert, who was amazing, came out to give her first West Coast clinic in many years um, and was here this last Monday and Tuesday. So we try to get insight from different people. I try to organize that for the clinics I organize. I try to organize it for people who work within the kind of classical system, the classical European-German system. So I, I typically don't invite people who are very, very successful, but kind of in ways that aren't kind of within this kind of British horse society, um, you know, German system that I kind of am at least, you know, Hilda system that's kind of, I'm fairly familiar with, and at least I understand the concepts and I understand the techniques. And so to some extent, it's a matter of people, playing around the edges or giving you a little insight within a system you already know rather than changing systems. That seems to work for us. But for me, the times I've been learning the most is when I've been in a consistent program and I'm a good writer, but I mean when I've been in a consistent program and then occasionally had a clinician within that system. So by way of example, when I was with Hilda And Conrad would come by every, whatever it is, every quarter and give us a clinic. Or I would, you know, I was lucky enough to ride with Harry Bolt as well. So you would get these kind of little insights into something a little bit slightly different from what your trainer said every day, a slightly different voice or a slightly different emphasis. But again, within this kind of same concept, Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I uh, I wasn't lucky enough to get into, you know, kind of a program until I until like you, I moved to Europe and then, you know, then I was really into an intense program. And and you know, in in, in and out of that kind of things, but for me and and my own personality, I I enjoy um, the, the time out of the program to just kind of figure things out for myself and kind yeah. of you know, work on it like I I I love getting uh, given a problem and then uh, you know to be allowed to work it out on my own it, it, I mean it it takes longer and and but in the end the the understanding is that much deeper because I'm like, oh, I, you know kind of I'm free to veer off over here and try this for a bit and, and try and try and work it out and then have have that uh, stable voice come back in you know every six weeks or whatever and say, oh you know right. that that looks a lot better here's what I want to t- tweak this time or, or something like that, you know, that that helps with my own understanding of, of how to work through problems and to fix issue, you know, like flying changes for, for instance, um, is a very tricky problem um, with a couple of horses. And then I'm like, okay, well, this person said to do this, um, you know, but what is, what is the core concept? that kind of working towards, right? You know, what, what Mm -hmm. tempo or, you know, always it's straightness, um, you know, in flying changes, but, but I like to feel through the issue a little bit. I mean, it, it, it can be very frustrating at times and whatever, but, but I always feel like when I get through the other side of a problem, it's like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really through that problem and not like just sort of fake dancing around the issue, uh, you know, a lot of the time. So, you know,
3: can I just interrupt to play off of that point for yeah, one second? Of course. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. here's I, here's the other. I, I totally agree with you and for many reasons. I mean, I, to me I've had these kind of spurts of learning while being in intense programs and then for me it's always helped to then go away and think about it for a bit, whether it's a week, whether it's uh, you know, 6 weeks and just play around on your own and get and internalize that. There was a point when I was riding again. With, and I, I'm using Hilda's example because she was, you know, I rode with her for years. But I rode with Hilda so often with her. I mean, I taught my horse to Grand Prix by Hilda shouting the aids fast enough at me so I could do it. Right? <laughs> she essentially trained my horse without ever getting on it. And then there was this point where I literally couldn't ride in my own brain anymore because she was so good at telling me what to do that I had lost the ability to tell myself what to do. Yeah. And I had to leave for a while and remind myself in silence or in my own brain, how to fix stuff because she was so good at fixing it. And I'm sure that was true when we rode with Conrad as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, and it was definitely true with Kira because Kira was very, she had a very different emphasis and it took me some time after I left her to think about what she had taught me and to be able to actually, I think, I hope, do it. <laughs> yeah. Duplicate it, understand it, internalize it. So I right. totally see what you're feeling. Yeah.
1: yeah well, mean, you know, that, that's a good word for it is internalize, you know, and, and and be a thinking writer and not just a doing writer or or a kind of a, a mental puppet of of the coach that you're working with at the time. And and so you know a, a clinician is fine, but they don't help you to get that understanding unless you're working with them on a regular on a regular basis. Maybe every, I mean every day is fantastic until you can get to a you know until you get to a certain point and you know you can start thinking on your own. You start internal internalizing all of the things. But if you're not getting you know regular help, how can your coach help you to you know move up the ladder of, of of aids and 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 movements and and just if they don't know your horse consistently, right? and and have right. a bunch of time with them, right. you know,
2: and I would say too, you know one of the things that when I have been lucky enough in my life to be in a sort of intense training period, and I would put that Florida there, right?' It's kind of the reason why we pack up and go to Florida at the end of the day is that you can get training from your coaches on a regular basis. You know, I'm very lucky. I've trained with Scott now. Um, Scott and Conrad are very similar. Conrad Schumacher are very similar styles. And, you know, Scott supports us in the summer and comes up once a month, basically, in person. And then if we need a, a touch-up or something going on, like getting ready for the finals, I've had a few virtuals, right? So that that works well for me, kind of staying in the program. But I think when you're doing that, for me, I always do a training journal. For two reasons. Number one is yes, to remember what we have been working on, because a little sometimes you know we all of us the three on this call because I I know us all very well, um, we're pretty analytical and and I mean we we will go to the minute turn on the corner right and sometimes you Mm -hmm. you or the bend or whatever we're we're hyper analyzing you forget sometimes the big picture and yeah. i always find that interesting from like when we get our first videos when we go to florida and the videos when we leave and just that 3 months of intense training like it's it's remarkable really um but i think that's really important when you are in training with someone because the other thing and and, and we'll switch to the clinician here in a minute but you know for me you can really focus on a certain thing like patty you said moving from pre st george to um to Grand Prix. Uh, you know, Mike is in a stage where we'll move from I one to enter two Grand Prix, right? We're we're very much in that sort of specific stage. So going and being in Florida when I'm around my coaches, it's like an ideal time versus sometimes you're just like, yeah, we're we're getting stronger. <laughs> you know, I think the three of us can we can do that on our own at home, but when you're sort of shifting levels or really training some hard things, You know that's when it's amazing to to be with your coaches, and um, I think all three of us have been with similar coaches for a really long time.
5: Yeah,
2: and so I I believe in that system, and I believe in that, and I am the same with people that um, I work with. Right? Um, You know, I like to have them for a certain period of time. So, but let's bring in the clinician. Um, You know, I'll just tell my opinion. I, I see some people that don't have that sort of core trainer. Uh And I see them because it happens here locally quite a bit. There are people that just go to every clinician every weekend. It's someone different. And I mean, I'm not sure they're getting better (laughs) because there's no, you know, unless you really have the capacity of understanding what that trainer is doing every time. Uh I, it's hard to get on a role, basically. You may go and, right. and get some different opinions, but to actually get on a sort of kind of a training role, per se, I, I think that's hard. What, Patty, what do you I think? I
3: agree. And and I think I think it's also tough for the clinicians if they don't see you frequently. So just to kind of putter around one person to another person, I agree. I mean, sometimes it's the only way you can get lessons, right? I mean, sometimes it's like that or nothing, at yeah. which point yeah, exactly. I can't do that. but it's i i i mean i just think you know every site type of horseback riding as i'm sure every other artistic and athletic endeavor is a matter of teamwork just like you have the same farrier pretty much all the time you have the same mm-hmm. vet you have you know, you have the same coach you or at least coaches so that everyone is part of this journey mm-hmm. and A, and has bought into it emotionally and bought into it intellectually, but also, you know, it's, I mean, I do give clinics, as you guys do, too, and, you know, the first 20 minutes you're watching someone, yes, you can see what the problems they have, you know, what problems they have today, but you don't know what problems they had, you know, last week or where where it was better or where it was worse, and so you're always a little bit playing
2: catch-up basically when you're a clinician, you can come in and you can pick one thing and really make a dent in it. Like you can Mm -hmm. make something look really amazing. But sometimes I walk out of the arena after two days and I'm thinking, man, I really need to see that person in two days, right? They're, they're going to, they're going to hit a problem with what, you know, I try to give them and and, and we come from the Conrad Schumacher group, which he is so amazing at like, here's an exercise, go do this exercise. Mm -hmm. So he's, phenomenally good at that but i'm thinking you know they're going to need support in a couple days so i think a couple of them have asked for virtuals and you know we have that we have that ability now so i even say to them like hey if you run into some trouble and need need somebody right touch base with me right we can right. do a virtual and we can go over this and and do the next step because i'm giving you step 1 but there's 10 steps so I, I now also kind of try to do the same clinics once a month. Um, because yeah. I found that to be really, really helpful for everybody. I think
3: I think once a month or depending on who it is, once a month, once a week, once every two mm-hmm. weeks is such a good time. Depending on the age of the horse and what's going on. I mean, obviously if there's a problem like I mean, like the if there's a behavioral problem or there's a block someplace, then I really think more often is important. But you know, I coach a bunch of professional riders who are really good riders. I mean, often better than I am, I'm just saying. And it just helps everyone for someone, whether it's me or somebody else, to go in, a, you know, every once in a while and say, Hey, you know, your left hand has floated up to your right nostril. Yeah. And, you know, or, you know, in, in the passage he's double-ticking with his left hind foot you know, and let's figure out a way to, then let's kind of work through some exercise to figure out a way to fix that. Let's, you know, you've stopped riding corners. I mean, like to go through and, and play at the edges of things or to go through and deal with something fundamental, like you've had trouble getting this horse through for a long time. Let's find a way of working with that. Let's find 10 exercises that you can practice or five exercises. And, but you don't need to be there with, you know, with a rider who's, you know, very good or even pretty darn good. You don't need to be there every day. You need to give some insight and then walk away and they can practice it. Say, I actually have a client who is, you know, not a fancy dancy writer. I mean, she's a first level writer. She's written all of her life, but dressage is new to her. And she's actually technically in full training, but she'll call me up and say, I don't want you to teach me today. I want to practice what you taught me yesterday. And so I'll ride a horse in the arena while she rides, and I'll glance over, and if there's something disastrous or something that's really off track from what we worked on the day before, I'll say, you know, blah. And otherwise, it really helps her to have some time to to think it through and to internalize it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that that's a great system. What I was going to say, the challenge in going in and, and teaching these clinics, like you guys have said is the problem of trying to work out what is the best strategy for this rider and this horse i mean that's that's really hard to work out you know within the 45 minutes you you've been given and 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 sometimes it works and then sometimes it 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 doesn't work and you know really the opportunity to come back on a second day or a third day or a week later to say okay that you know that that's good Uh, or that's not good. Let's try, you know, let's try something else, something different. And that's, you know, that opportunity is not there if you're just in for a day and out again, you know, and and then people, and then you get a a bad name or a bad reputation about like, oh yeah, you know, Phil came over and he didn't help me at all. And then it went sideways and and whatever. And I was like, well, you know, this doesn't, it's not a bad reflection on, you know, your clinician. It's just, it's just, not a consistent, you know, not being in the consistent program and, and, uh, and not being able to work through a problem.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, um, I think the three of us can say we're not clinic hoppers. Like I said, that is a pet peeve of mine, but I've not seen that program work really well. You know, going, if you're, I think if you're going to do that, you need really similar people if you're going to do that. And, And I do know, like, again, Patty, you live in a great area. Phil, you're, you're you, there are clinicians that come to your area, and yeah, from, you know for
1: Europe and, for, and all over. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, from here in Lexington, you know, obviously we get people in quite a bit. So I think that's the biggest thing is clinic hopping in general. Um, I, I don't think it works. I, I don't think you get a flow. I don't think the clinician, like you said, there's sometimes like if you're having a specific problem, and I've done that. You know, I I have that one horse that he is difficult to get changes on. And I will say I have learned the most from this horse because I have done changes on him with a lot of different people. And I'm very thankful for that because um, I've gotten a lot of different input. I will say that's helped me probably more as a trainer and a rider than it did necessarily the horse um, because he, he needs to digest uh, some information, but all of their pieces have helped me. I've got one of the two changes. I'm 50% there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that that's the only time that I have actually gotten but they were also people I know and respect and have ridden with before in my past. So they weren't completely, I was in Wellington. They weren't completely random people, right? They were people specifically that I was like, you're good at this. Let me, let me have you come and, and, and help me with it. So that's one of I mean getting a lot of different input was kind of interesting with that horse um, because he's so difficult. Came down to basically the same problem, which is uh balance in the canner. Um <laughs> but <laughs> all of them, all of them had a different way of of working and solving that problem. So that was interesting. So I I could come up with that was a good time um when I had multiple people, uh their input. Uh, but I think in general, like getting a role with people that you don't train with all the time or don't know you very well. I think that's tough. So, um, I have had the pleasure too, though, is, is riders, you know, I have young professional now that they have their own barn. Uh, and I'm a grand trainer. I go in and I work <laughs> at that farm. And I think I'd love that. I think it's so much fun because really they're trained in my system, right? They they know, um, they're, they're, they're home trainers have trained with me for many years. Right. And so it is fun to, so that I think th- there's some value in that. They're like, Oh, so-and-so said that, but I get it when you said it, <laughs> you know? So I think sometimes that can be helpful, but I think it all has to be basically the same team to have it be successful. Yeah.
3: I think that's the most successful. I mean, sometimes like, you know, your normal clinician or your normal trainer just cannot appear at the time you need someone and you can go and try somebody else, or sometimes you just need a different insight into something or a slightly different tweak. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm a big believer in consistency and I have to say at the moment, I'm not getting that as much as I'd like, um, because mm-hmm. my, you know, the, the people who I've ridden with for years are just busy <laughs> yeah. 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 or one of them moved out of state, darn him. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's one moved out of the country. I mean, so I mean, I've kind of, I, it's it's not as easy for me as it historically has been. And I've just historically been lucky because, you know, as you said, I'm sort of in dressage central here. So people would just come to my house and teach me when they were at the end of their normal day, and I'd hand someone a beer and off we go. And that's happening less right now. And I need to I have to say, I need to figure out mm-hmm. a better system at the moment, because uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to Wellington. That is a long way for me.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sad, but and it is have, a long way.
3: Wait. It is a long way. And we have good weather here, so really, yeah. I'm not going.
2: <laughs> yeah, all, all good. All good. I love but
3: it. I want to go back to something that Reese said before, which was taking notes or journaling.
2: Mm-hmm. What
3: I have my students do, and I need to do it myself, and I'm realizing I'm remiss at this, is well, we've had a clinic, and so Beth, Beth Baumer came in Monday, Tuesday, and I had every single person who rides with me, who rode with her, give me five bullet points per day of what they learned, what are, you know, and that, first of all, I think it helps them, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an exercise, whether it's a an emphasis, whether it's a whatever, just five little bullet points. They don't need to be complete sentences, they just need to be something that you can you know, you will be able to remind yourself because, you know, you spend good money on a clinic. And for me, I, you know, I tend to not have someone around who can video. So I'm not as good at getting videoed. So I do need to remember what someone tells me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I love it. I love it. Well, as always, Patty, you have the best ideas. We're always thrilled to have you on. And (laughs) if our listeners are around, how can they find you online? Ah, so um, I'm on
3: Facebook, although not as often as I should be, Patty Mayer, P-A-T-T-Y-M-A-Y-E-R, or Patty Mayer Dressage. Um, I am available by text or phone, 310-729-3365, and I'm old-fashioned enough to have email, which is at gmail.com, B for boy, A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at gmail.com. There you go. That's me.
2: Fantastic, Patty. Thank you so much. Thank
3: you. Fun. Fun talking as always. Bye now. Hi, I'm
4: April.
2: And I am Laura, and we are the hosts of the Rain in Your Herd podcast
4: where we help with building an online presence for your equine business. So this can include online marketing, social media, blogs, YouTube, online memberships, courses, Facebook ads, and websites.
2: We give you the tips you need to dive in on these subjects and also interview other equine business owners who are doing it well. We have a lot of fun doing it. So we hope to see you over on Reign in Your Herd. Well, tonight we have one of our favorite guests, Lauren Spreiser, international rider and trainer on the show. Hi, Lauren. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Well, as always, you have the best blogs. We watch them and then we always try to grab you. I'm like, Lauren, definitely need you on, but you just had a blog go live today and I'll let you tell us about it.
5: Sure. I, I, we're in this funny time of year, right? Like everybody's regional championships are behind us. Uh, I have. Uh, a horse qualified for the USDF finals, but the days are getting shorter and the dark is getting longer. The temps are going down and I just, I feel a little blah and I don't think that I'm alone in my, in my own professional career. There are a couple of sort of blah things going on. Uh, You know, the weather is a little hard to get excited about. And so I wrote about being comfortable being nowhere um, because I, I think that there are just periods of time where, you're nowhere and so I thought maybe I would share with you guys some of what I didn't talk about in the blog was how I keep myself from really feeling stagnant when I have a little bit of these autumnal doldrums because I know that we all go through that both professional and amateur writers alike
1: yeah I mean for sure yeah let's hear all let's hear all about you and then and then maybe we'll jump in on how we deal with it
5: Uh, so for me one of the big things that I do as Reese mentioned, is I'm a writer. I write a lot. And so I'll go back when I'm feeling a little stuck. I'll go back and I'll read things that I wrote from a year ago, from two years ago, from five years ago. I'll read, I'll write about, I'll read rather about, you know, where I was with Elvis, my big time Grand Prix horse, you know, when he was still a baby small tour horse, he couldn't find his ass with both hands and a map. <laughs> um, if you're not a writer, maybe go back and read old dressage tests, like what wasn't going well six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. That's going better now. Where have you Where have you gone? What have you fixed? Um, and to that note, another thing that we're really pretty good about at my farm now is that we take pictures of the horses when they come in for training or when they come into our lives. And we try and take new pictures of them every year or so. The, the long-term horses, the ones that are with us for, for five or 10 years, the photos will knock you out. I have some amazing pictures of what went on to be Grand Prix horses as babies. And more than once in the process of bringing them along, I have gone back to those pictures. Usually when I'm running up against the wall, like when they will not do a clean flying change for love nor money, or when mm-hmm. every time you ask for P F, they run screaming backwards. I, I look back at those pictures and I say, okay, it's a dumpster fire right now, but look at how far we've come.
1: Um, Yeah. We're just comparing to other horses that had, that had some issues and whatever. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I fixed kind of a similar issue with another horse and that can inspire you to, uh, to kind of just show up the next day and put in the work. Because I think that that that's that's what this sport is. It's all long term projects, and the best thing that you can do is not change your trainer or, or or change your you know change things all the time. It's just put in the work. Just show up, uh, you know, put on a, a brave face, and just say, okay, I, he doesn't have to do six changes today, but but one would one would be great, and then you know it's consistency. And just you know, not with trying to make great leaps and bounds in your training, but just small things consistently will grow to, to big things. I mean, um, that 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 that's what it's all about. Just uh, keep working, right?
4: Yeah,
5: plug away at it. Definitely, the a long game.
2: Yeah. yeah, play the long game. It's true though, and and I think that's so true. I mean, I. I I have this with it. I swear, I've been trying to teach this horse flying changes for two years, and sometimes, actually, this summer, uh, my assistant got her bronze medal on that horse, and so she she did get one that one good flying change in the in the test twice. Uh, so I felt really good about that. But he actually went and she rode him a little bit this summer, which was awesome. I've had this horse. Oh, Phil, forever since I've known you probably. I mean, 10 years I've had this horse in training since he was little. And um, oh, so stuck. And the owner was a little frustrated. Granted, I get it. Like we were making strides, but they're really slow. And it was fun for him to go do something else. Like he went back and he showed first, second, and third level one, so he's officially a third level horse, and got and so that was super fun for that horse this summer. And it was fun for the owner. It was great for my assistant. Um, and it was good for me too, just to kind of step back because you know, I got on him again after being off for a while and, and I was like, Whoa, he doesn't bend right, <laughs> you know, going left. Like I I could I could I had a better perspective on that horse. So I think that's so true. And I do think it's okay. I mean, I I'll be honest, like myself. I've been pushing really hard with with Bingo and and Mike too. Also doing the CDIs, which require you know more fitness and and more travel and more money and all of those things. And the summer I didn't I stepped back from that. And you know I have actually done some other things. Right, I've gone to some fall festivals and I've hung out with my nieces and and my nephew and you know, I've done some other things, you know, riding of course. Uh, and, and I've had to ramp it back up because of finals. So that was a shift too. Cause I was like, all right, we're like a month out. I better get get serious here, but I that's okay too. You know, I, I think the horses always a, a little break is okay. You know what I mean? I think we get so in our heads, like they have to work, they have to work, they have to work. And you know, we've had great weather. It's been nice outside. You know, we've been hacking the horses. Um, and, and they're all a bit fresh now, which is, which is quite nice, you know, and then we'll have the holidays. So things sort of naturally slow down a little bit. Uh, and then we head South like Lauren, um, you know, so I do think it, it is fine to take a little break and, and just deep breath, look at your notes, hack your horse a little bit, have fun with your horse again. If you're it's stuck in something, um, I think that's super
5: important. Yeah. Reese, you, you brought up my third thing of my, on my list of three, which is to have a life outside of this. Yes. And I think this is true for amateurs and professionals, although certainly those of us who do this for a living. It's so easy to make it all consuming. And it's, it's just not like the training of a horse from green to Grand Prix. It's not like the Hallmark movie channel version where it's all neatly wrapped up in an hour and a half.
3: Yes.
5: Like there were real boring times <laughs> yes. and, and there are yes. really frustrating times. Um, I got married this spring to a, to a muggle, yes. to a non-horse person. <laughs> and when I come home at the end of the day, we talk about other things. We talk about other sports and we talk about politics and we talk about what his kids are up to. Uh, we went on vacation this year, oh, something it. I've learned that I'm fine. <laughs> I hate, no, I hated it, but it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to learn new things. Um, and, and it was, it's just been having him in my life has made me be a normal human being or as normal yeah. a human being as someone as abnormal as me will ever be. Um, <laughs> and it's just made it a little easier to cope with the fact that sometimes horses get hurt and sometimes they get abscesses and sometimes they're wing nuts. And sometimes you need a minute. Sometimes they need a minute. Uh, so having a life yeah. outside of this makes the doldrums go by faster.
2: Well, and I think... Lauren, I, I think you're, you're, if you're not 40, you're getting close to your forties. And I think, mm, um, we're not talking uh, about it. Sorry. sorry, <laughs> 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 But we, you know, I think, I think on some level I, that shifts as you, I was called a middle aged trainer on a conference call a couple of weeks ago oh, that no. sort oh, of hurt no. oh, me. God. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said too. I was like, easy. And then I was like, well, I kind of am. And, and I do think honestly, age has made me a better trainer. Um, in a lot of ways, sure, sure. but, <laughs> but some of that is we've been through the process before, right? And I think that is yeah. important. All three of us have had amazing horses. All three of us have had, um, disappointments. We've had successes and and you learn that it's a cyclical. So when I have a friend that has a horse, that's killing it, man, I'm, I'm the first one to say like, awesome. Cause at some point it will end. It's the way it works in this yep. sport. And, um, I'm so happy when truly, truly happy for that person. Um, because I've had my time and I've had horses get hurt and I've had all of it. And, um, I've had students do well and I've had students not do well, like uh, you over, over the years, you see it more. And so I think you're able to sort of step back and, and, um, so well, your wife, Meredith, is is horsey, but my husband is not horsey at all, also. Uh so you know, he doesn't want to talk about horses at night. Maybe a brief, like, were the horses good today? Yes, that's literally all he wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. If they if I had the yep. worst day, he wants to hear the horses were good. Like that's what he he's like, good. Okay, they were good. Um you know, um, so I'm, I'm also very lucky with that, that I've had that balance. I, I don't know how you do it. If your spouse is horsey, good luck to you is all I have to say. Like, I don't know how you do it. Um, but I think it's really, you know, that is important. Right. And, and knowing that cycle. And, and that's why I do tell people like, be happy for that person. Cause that horse is going to go lame. I don't know when, but it will happen or it'll retire or whatever. Uh, and all of us have had those ups and downs. And, um, so I do think having, a little bit of time to just take a deep breath and, and, you know, sometimes just look at where, like you said, your pictures. I love that idea. And I need to be better about that when horses come in, because it's so true. You look at those pictures and you're like, that horse is a totally different creature. Uh, and we, we did keep that an album
5: of on. Un- we keep an album of them on Facebook. Cause in addition to being good, you know, depression fighting material, they're also really good advertising.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I never uh, thought yeah, about I've it. Got it's some
1: side-by-sides. Yeah, this is a, a wonderful idea.
2: So I, I think it's fantastic. Lauren, is there anything else on your list? I,
5: I mean, vodka, but we won't talk about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a celebration. I, I tell you, I will celebrate the littlest things now. I don't know about you guys, but we may go to a schooling show and be the only horse in the test, and we took the horse there, we rode the horse, and we came back, and, and we usually celebrate. Just saying. We, yeah, we celebrate the course. little things. Yeah, well, you you, you, you
1: celebrate just being being the one that got out there, you know. Like, yes! there's so many horses want. that that don't go to a horse show or whatever. Yeah. Just be happy about that, you know. Like, you you beat everybody who didn't even get get into yes. the class or so. You know, stuff like that. Yep. that that's all positive there you go. things. A
3: good
5: spin on it. Yes, yes. it's true. Uh, I don't, true. I don't, I don't mean to brag, guys, but now you can say you heard it first. I have the smartest three year old on the planet because she went on her first trail ride yesterday.
2: Oh, that's a huge milestone. See, that's a milestone that you, that's a worth of celebration. I mean, that's, you, you think go. of all the effort that it took to get your three year old to go on a, on a, and and bravery, I'm not going to lie. Um, yep. to get her out there, like, congratulations. That's fantastic. See, that's what Thank I mean. You. Like, it be, that's, it should be clear that that trail red wasn't with me. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, okay. I, I, yeah. No other problem. I, I'm with bravery.
2: you. Yep, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Lauren, as always, you are such a sunshine in a cloudy room. We love having you. Uh and how can our listeners find you? Uh, get see your blogs. You have the best blogs. You are so articulate. That's why we have you on. Um, so how can we find you?
5: I thank you guys so much. Uh I am everywhere. I'm pretty much everywhere at Lauren's Frizer. I Instagram, I Facebook. Uh, I don't I don't tweet. Other than that, that's where you find me, uh, both Facebook and Instagram, ask Lauren
2: I love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks, guys. For this week's trainer tip of the week, we're so excited to have FEI rider and trainer Jane Hannigan on the line. Jane, how are you?
0: I'm great, Reese. Oh my god, I miss seeing you on the sunset walks with your dog and white fences in the winter. I know.
2: I know we were kind of neighbors, but it it will will come again. It's coming soon. I know. I know. We miss being down there. Coming, so then we get our second summer. Yeah, I know. It's so great. (laughs) So Jane, what trainer tip do you have for us this week?
0: So I think the thing that I wanted to talk about is for normal people with normal horses is that they always think that the first time that they try something that it's going to work. And I think that with normal people with normal horses, what they have to understand is that you have to actually experience a certain amount of failure. And I know that sounds silly, but a certain amount of failure to learn how to do it correctly. Unless you have a fabulous schoolmaster, and most people can't afford that. So most people are riding normal horses, and they're taking them from training level to first level to second level to third level. And I think when people hit certain milestones, they don't know that basically you've trained the horse to canter trot, and now you're trying to train it to canter walk, but it knows how to canter trot. And so there might be a certain amount of failure in the first Attempts. It doesn't always work perfectly because I think that when I was a kid, the riding instructors that I had sometimes made me feel like if it didn't work perfectly, that it was because of me. And it's true. Sometimes off-balance riders and terrible riders cause problems, but I needed to be allowed to fail to learn. And I think that's just something that people with normal horses Don't understand that when you teach flying changes, horses stop turning. It just happens. And, you know, we're talking green horses with green changes. They start to think that the turn aid is the preparation for flying change and they don't understand. And then the people don't understand why their horses won't turn anymore. So each level that you're going up, if you don't have a schoolmaster, you have to understand and accept that there's a certain amount of failure. And even with the schoolmaster to not beat yourself up about the fact that things don't always work out perfectly, but eventually the throughness will come and you'll get a feeling for what we're talking about. And this the whole outside brain thing really is not that confusing. It's just a balanced thing. So yeah. if you have a good trainer that has some good basics and basics just means, can you stop? Can you go? Can you turn? <laughs> can you make the mm-hmm. trot big and small can you make the canter big and small you know you're going to get you're going to get there eventually and the straightness of the horse is what makes it whether they can get to the next level and if you have a horse that's really 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 crooked with really 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 different canters you have to accept the fact that you may have to do 10,000 more transitions than your friend whose horse isn't quite as crooked to like a flying change and i know that just sounds like me saying, "Oh no, sweetie, you'll get there," but it's true. You just have to accept yeah. the failure a little.
2: You know what I mean? A little bit. But isn't that true? So, I mean, I think I think that's so true, though, with training horses, right? I think you know it looks so easy. You watch it online, or you, or you, right. you know, whatever, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Minute, they they'll
1: watch your trainer sit on the horse, yes! and, and 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 then oh, they just they just do it. But you know, right. there's a lot of failure and effort behind the scenes like right. in the years of riding, you know, horse after horse after horse. I mean, right? until, until you get the feeling, you just have to do it. And and that's, that's it. True. Like, put, put in the hours, time in the saddle, you know, all of these things, you're developing your feeling. It, that's, you know, that that's worth it, right? That's, that's worthwhile. And then, you know.
0: So that was one of the first things that uh, I know I just talked about the clinic, but Carl talked about the clinic is that basically the only way to get better is to ride. And like you said, you need you need time in the saddle, but that I think that a lot of people think that if you're a perfect trainer, that the horses are just going to do it because you're perfect. But like, there's horses that don't get their first change until they're eight because they're just not balanced enough. But then they can be a Grand Prix horse. It doesn't mean they're not going to be a Grand Prix horse, but maybe they're twelve when they get their first flying change. You know, it's it's not an age related thing and. You know, like you said, you have to allow yourself to ride and learn how to ride. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, yeah and to make mistakes just, and then to evaluate, you know, sit back and evaluate your mistakes. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then, you know, show up the next day with the same enthusiasm that you showed mm-hmm. up the day before. You right. Know, that, that's the struggle is that, um, you know, after a, a week of, you know, trying something and, and not getting it, I think okay. you just have to come back after, you know, like I ride Monday to Friday. So, whatever, but I have to come back, you know, the next week to say, well, all of that, all of that work was, uh, time well invested, right. To know what, to know what it's better to know what doesn't work than what does work sometimes, because, you know, you're, you're, you you can get falling into a a certain trap or, you know, whatever. And, and and of course get as much help as you can afford.
3: Yes.
0: And have, yeah, have eyes on the ground. And if you don't, Get mirrors, and if you don't, get a pivio and video yeah. yourself so that you have some feedback, because like you said, you know, you, you won't know that you're sitting really far. It, it's shocking to me when I teach riding that people don't know they're hanging off one side of the saddle, really dropped in one shoulder, and their head is tipping. I taught this one lady she couldn't keep her head straight and a shoulder in and look where she was going. And it was like, you need to look where you're going. But she yeah. needed to learn to look where she was going. And it just surprised yeah. me that she didn't look where she was going. So Yeah, and,
1: and it's not okay. obvious when you're out there and in the movie no, because you're so, not at all. you're so, like, focused on, I got to get this shoulder right. in. Whatever, I've been there, you know, right. I've done that. And, and she you know, rides by somebody herself, was like, she, hey, don't do exactly. that or whatever, then right. you know, whatever, you know, you, you don't. No, she was
0: mortified when she finally looked up in the mirror and saw that she could look up, but she was mortified right. that she couldn't look straight. But she rides alone in an arena by herself with no mirrors, so she has no idea what her head's doing. So it's just it, it is like you said you need you need some feedback, but don't be afraid of failing because dressage is about yeah we get a score. But Falconhole, close Hall, who I rode with, said the most important thing I think that I took to heart for that you train for a six and then build on it from there. You don't train for the 10 and then fail away from it. You you know, a six is just a six. It's just a six. Just train for the six. If it's a four, try to get to the six. Don't don't go crazy trying to get a 10. And, you know, then the sixes eventually you can make them a seven, but train for the six. Like get it so that the horse can do it in a basic balance instead of going for you know, I had this horse Maximilian. I did the World Cup in two thousand and eight with him, and I would try to get a ten extended trot, and every time I tried to get a ten, I wouldn't get a ten because yeah. I had to let go. and you know, I would get nines. I wouldn't get the ten. it was it, it was just a silly thing, and I asked a judge once, you know, what do you think, all you guys, just give me nines And they said, if anything, please don't let go and don't try to get the ten because that horse is going to run out of the ring. So, <laughs> you know, he was he was the kind of horse you had to keep him on your back and your seat in a half halt, and he was too much power. And you know, I wish I could ride him again because
2: yeah, I remember him. He it was wonderful.
0: would be it it would be just so interesting to retrain him now when I'm 52 too, instead of then when I was thirty six. So. You know, it, it's yeah. just it's well, so I interesting. We, all, we but,
1: all feel like that as as trainers. You know, everything right. that you learn, you don't unlearn that. And, and then all of a sudden, you look back at this horse, that horse, and you're like, "Oh, I did such a terrible job.
0: <laughs> I did a terrible or, job." But,
1: <laughs> or or, or, or whatever, way. right? It's not. It's exactly. Not
0: if I hadn't, if I kind of hadn't been allowed to make mistakes, though. I never would have gotten to this point where I'm like, oh, right. that's what the basics are.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wish
0: I'd known that better than you know, because you can fake it through an I one. You cannot fake it through a Grand Prix. I'm sorry. No. It does not happen. <laughs>
2: People have tried. Right? Oh, it doesn't it doesn't work, does it, Rhee? No. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, Jane, this was My. so fun. This was a great, yeah, it's, it's just a great inspirational. And I hope people really think about it and and realize that like, it doesn't, this is not, if you're into a, it's, uh, a, 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 it's a marathon, it's not a sprint.
5: <laughs> just be ready yeah, for that.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And be ready to have
0: the failures. You know, sometimes it's 12 failures before one success, but always remember your success, which is like your best children. That puts it on the outside rain instead of taking it off the outside rain. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, remember <laughs> that. And then you'll be able to build from that good feeling instead of beating yourself up about the bad thing, because it really is, you know, the basics will build eventually to a, a bridge to the other stuff, which is awesome. Thank That's God. Fantastic.
2: Well, Jane, thank Makes you so much. <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank I you. love it. How can our listeners find you online?
0: Pretty much I'm on Facebook and available. Um, you know, my profile is open. I think my phone number and email is even on Facebook. So feel free to get in touch. And um, don't have a website right now because we just moved farms. So have to get that going soon. But um, in Massachusetts, we just moved to a farm called Riverfront. And then in Florida, we'll be at Summer Breeze Stables uh, in Wellington. So that'll be super fun. It's a new farm. To uh, one of my clients. So it's super, super fun.
2: But. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jane. Thanks, Reese. Appreciate it. Well, as always, everybody, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. And again, if you have any RV tips, I will take them because I need them. But, anyways, we have some big news, huh, Phil? Should we do a drum roll?
0: Oops, that was. Uh,
1: yeah. Drum yeah. Roll. We have uh, <laughs> finally nailed down the author of our next book. To uh, come on the show and, and give us a give us an overview and why why we need to be reading this book and uh, uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, the The horse book is called Horse Brain, Human Brain: The Neuroscience of Horsemanship, and this is by uh, Janet Jones, who applies brain research to the training of horses and riders. So that sounds really interesting, really good. This is recommended to us by Martha from trafalgar square books um you can check out the book at horseandriderbooks.com. and um, looking forward to this
2: yes well, i am too we've been working on this you've been working really hard i we is not you phil has been working really hard in the book club he takes care of the book clubs most of the time so we're really excited and thrilled we can have the author on in a few weeks so we wanted you guys to get it Um, We will make sure it gets updated on our Facebook page uh, because we really appreciate that, that that has gone up. So um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So get your book horse and rider horse brain, human brain, the neuroscience of horsemanship. Well, as always, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressage radio.com like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at horse radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. And if you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week.